Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Mmm, donuts. <laughs> uh, welcome to the program. We've got a, a box of donuts to kick off the program. Is it probably first question right off the top? This wasn't part of the production meeting. What is too early to eat a donut? Like, what's the earliest you can eat a donut? Tradies, can you pick up a pink donut? We've got donuts from uh, Frankie and Co. from the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs launch last night. Frankie and Co. Um, and there are a few grounds around Sydney, and they've even got the blue and white um, donuts. And James, you couldn't be at the function last night, so I've got you. James Magnuson in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in for Brandy today. Big round of applause. Thank you, Vossi. I, I was funny one last night. I, I gave mm. the reason that I couldn't go yeah. to, to, to the season opening last night yeah. that I had breakfast radio the next day. Yeah, the elite Sure athlete. enough. Who's the host of the show? Yeah. <laughs> Must have been a wild night. I was sitting yeah. at home in Bondi and we were getting lashed by a storm and I was thinking, this was meant to be on the pitch at Belmore, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And it was. Where'd they have and it? Marquee? Was. Big, giant marquee. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, so the, a lot of launches are happening at the moment. This is the week to do it. I think Newcastle did theirs last night too. So last night, the Bulldogs, hardworking team there, and they really are a great team behind the scenes. And their plan was, and they put up the giant marquee and there were going to be, you know, bar tables and pizza, wood-fired pizza oven. When they set up the marquee the previous day, 32 degrees, oh, geez, it's going to be hot in this marquee. (laughs) And and that was the least of their problems. The storm that hit not once, twice, but probably three times, mate, there was water absolutely hosing down off it. There are wires everywhere. I mean, I opened my, you know, it gave me an opening line. I said, we're, we've only got an hour to live, so let's make this a good hour. Because I thought we were all going to go up and smoke the lightning and the whole show. And on stage, there was a drip. There was a couple of drips, like not the yeah. not the bikes talking. Um, <laughs> there, there was water coming down, and I'm thinking, wouldn't this be something if suddenly you know the it, it, the dam bursts on the like when Gus gets up yeah. there or when the players are out there announced? Because they had all 31 players on stage, and gee, it was a good night. Um, the 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 Bulldogs. And I stand by this statement, uh, and, and maybe it's for talkback reaction. There are fans as passionate as Bulldogs fans, but mm-hmm. I don't think there's any fans more passionate than the genuine Bulldog fan. Yeah. James, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to one of the flock here, <laughs> but would you agree with that oh, statement? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I had, I think it was 7,500 at the trial game at Belmore mm-hmm. on the weekend. Uh I'm in a bunch of like the the chat forums and stuff yeah, for Bulldogs yeah. fans. Oof, boy, some passionate fans. I reckon a close second would be St. George. St. George are very passionate fans. The Steelers as well. fans or the Dragons? Like, like <laughs> the St. George Dragon fans or the Illawarra Steelers fans? I'm thinking the St. George. I ones. reckon the yeah, I reckon the Illawarra Steelers section of the merger they chill. Yeah, a bit more chill. A bit highly strung. The Ben Rossleys of the world, our producer and his dad, and all those <laughs> Dragons ones. Yeah, a feral lot. Um, I. I I, I do think that if yeah, if passion and love and hard work, if they were the ingredients, if, if they were the sole ingredients for success, mm. Canterbury's across the line this year to be a you know a contender. Um, but in the, I think there's a lot of work. I just don't know, James. I'm, I'm looking at the squad last night. Um, you know, big Villiami kick out there and Reed Marnie and 
Matt Burton's now an international. You know, the Foxes there. You know, they've got these elements. Yeah. Will it all come together? I just don't know. I, I, it's almost like I need a little more thinking time on the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's a tough one because there's probably still a few gaps in that roster. Mm. Obviously, Stephen Crichton fills one of those gaps next year at fullback, although I'm not as confident after watching the World Club Challenge. But uh, there's probably still a few gaps in the roster. But I think the one thing we've got as Bulldogs fans is hope. You know, all those players you mentioned, we've got genuine stars in the team, which we've been missing for the best part of a decade now. So there's a lot of hope around. And anything from, a say, 10th up would be an exciting season for us because it means we're in the hunt for the top eight. Mm. I, I think too, um, and it's probably the case with a, a few clubs, I think they also need a few, um, if you will, relative unknowns come through. So yeah. players like this, this Jake Preston, who looks really good. Yes. I, they need a few of those to emerge this year yeah. if, they, if, if their development is fast-tracked. You know, someone like Bailey Biondiodo, if he develops now yeah. with another off-season under his yeah. belt and becomes the player they think he can be, yeah. if that can be this year, that could be the element that gets them to finals contention. Have you say, Bulldogs fans, and... Those fans, if you were there last night in the storm and all the rest, um, <laughs> what, what do you really think about your hopes for your team? Is it just hope or are you super confident? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the Motorola open line. And, uh, of course, you can check out the latest smartphones from motorola.com.au. You can also get us on the text line 0457 736 uh, 736. On that note, Cameron Serraldo will be a special guest of ours after 8 o'clock, the Canterbury coach um i think a lot of people at the function because there haven't been functions um for a long time you know like covid mm. launch season launches award nights on hold a lot of people were seeing cameron serato on the flesh for the first time you know what they all said he's a tall bastard <laughs> like, like that's the two, that's all he. he's a big i always knew he was tall and but when they see him on stage they don't realize that they got he's bigger than he's taller than villi army kick out is he yeah Oh wow, that's uh, that is tall. One one thing, this is uh, my girlfriend commented on this. So she loved Trent Barrett. Mm. She was very excited that the Bulldogs had the best looking coach in the NRL. Yeah, right. And I said, well, in Cameron Serraldo, you've probably and and Trent Barrett's no longer a head coach. You've probably almost got the best looking coach again. He's a decent looking guy. What's he like in the flesh? Well. James, this is your story. <laughs> Don't throw me I under the bus. I haven't met him on, in the flesh. On but... romances. No, I think he looks a bit like Johnny Knoxville from Jackass. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm Johnny Knoxville and welcome to Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's, no, he is very he's good. good and he's good dude. to talk football with too and, and, and straight away engaging um, a, a little in the conversation, uh, a little Trent Robinson-esque. You can really mm. see he loves the job and, and – uh, and a little bit behind the scenes, and I won't even divulge what's some of the inner sanctum stuff that I I yeah. saw that some of the things that he's spoken about to the club. But yeah. what, I'll just sum it up by saying, very big on the history of the club and yeah. and letting the players know and new recruits know to tap into this. You know, understand where we've come from, where this yeah. this entire club has come from. Yeah. Appreciate the area and and the diverse range of religions and cultures and heritage that they stand for. It is a a slightly unique club in in that way, and Cameron wants them to embrace that. That's a key element of um, of him being the Canterbury coach. And I, and I, like I heard it. the whole story. Michelle Bishop with Sports Updates. Phil Gould got up. It was the last speaker last night. Wow, you know, like the best storyteller of all time. Yeah, he told the story of signing Cameron Serraldo in full, blow by blow, and the signing of Josh Reynolds. And it, it brought the house down. Like, oh, there's really? A, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of laughs around the Josh Reynolds story, and I, I might like just it. check in with Cameron Serraldo later. Now, just on the rugby league news, James. 
Good luck to anyone who earns coin in rugby league. You know, don't begrudge any player earning as much as they can. In the bigger picture, is Mitchell Moses worth 1.25 million a season? Because that's what was that's what's being reported today that he has knocked back a 5.2 million dollar offer from the Tigers um uh, to to basically seal a long term which will be his last deal you would think in the NRL yep. with Parramatta getting about 1.25 million a season. It's huge money. Look, do, do I would I pay that for him at my club? Probably not. But I did see an article the other day saying that uh Caelan Ponger's contract's gone up to almost 1.4 I think with mm. this with the new salary cap. So Based off that, maybe it's it's huge money. And what does it make the rest of your salary cap mm. look like? Do they have the money then to keep um, Dylan Brown long term? I, I wouldn't pay him 1.25. Yeah. I wouldn't, no. But I well, think it's it's almost a false economy when you've got the Tigers offering 5.2. That's crazy money. But I see halfbacks are our, are our quarterbacks, like they the are. NFL quarterbacks. Um, right now, and this is the first challenge for the listeners this morning, Put down on paper your pecking order for our quarterbacks, for our halfbacks in the competition. Where do you rank it? So we've got, like, Cleary. Cleary, DCE, went away as the halfbacks on the World Cup Tour. Ben Hunt went away but essentially played hooker. Yeah. Um, Nico Hines is our Dally M player of the year. But put him in order. So if you if you had to rank the halfbacks right now, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say this, they're getting massive coin. If only you could go back to the era where we had – Sturlow, Mortimer, Ricky Stewart. There are all these half How much would yeah. they have been worth? Because, oh, yeah. you know, with the greatest of respect, Sturlow, greater than Mitchell Moses. Um, yeah. Ricky Stewart, as good as any halfback we have now. And I no apologies for saying that. Turvey, just, you know, sensational. We had so many mm. great halfbacks. It was a, an amazing era. Um, how much would they be worth? So what's your pecking order for halfbacks? Okay, so I go competition. Cleary, mm-hmm. Hunt, Jerome Hughes, Mitch Moses fourth, DCE fifth. There's my order. Okay. I think I think Jerome Hughes is probably the most improved out of that list. I thought he did a really good job both for the Storm and for the uh, New Zealand yeah. international side. Yeah. Um, ben Hunt speaks for himself. Can play a number of positions, but I think he had one of his best years at St. George. I think at any other team, we'd be talking about him a lot more. Mm. Mitch Moses, I'm impressed with him, but for 1.25, I want a genuine premiership winning halfback who's also played a stack of rep football. A goal kicker helps. Yeah, he's, yeah, he he is get, a good goal he's a very kicker. streaky goal kicker. And he gets on a streak. He, he yeah. bangs together, you know, 20, 20 plus in a row. So you can have you say about that. Um, other league news today, uh, season launch off. They were hoping to do a bit of a get-together, all the captains, you know, the photo on Thursday. Uh, so that sort of makes us a little more worried about the threat of, well, if you're not confident that you can get the players, any players to a launch this Thursday, are you confident in a week's time we're not going to have dramas mm. for the actual kickoff to the season? So a bit of dramas there. Uh, we've also got Michaeli Ravalawa and Zane Musgrove, the two Dragons players, hit by fines. Won't miss any games for their um, their mudgy brouhaha. Um, Ravalawa told his family and Dragons officials that he had consumed too much to have any recollection of the incident. Nothing. Mm. I think it needs to be like the Hangover. We need the you know the last <laughs> scene in Hangover Number One where they yeah. go to the photos and yeah. it's got to be all the way through, and they're with 
Mike Tyson's tiger, and they're doing all sorts of things. So maybe, of, maybe there's a there's some photos that we can put the, put together for Ravalawa. A lot of wrestling this off season. Jack yeah. White and Latrell gave it a yeah. nudge. Now Zay Musgrove and uh, Michaela Ravalawa. I think yeah. they're just trying to find the pecking order. Yeah. Where do you sit on the hierarchy? Uh, I reckon I reckon Ravalawa would have Musgrove in a wrestle. Yeah, all right. I'm just I'm just trying to picture. <laughs> You know, uh, they're out there at Mudgee and, and you know, Ravalawa is walking down the main street with a cow or something. Left out of a paddock. Is there some sort of, is there more to come out of this? Is something going to come out? Anyway, we'll we'll see how that lands. Dave Warner, has he played his last test? I think so. There's a question. Yeah. Comes home from India. Has he played his last test? You've locked it in, Eddie. I think so. I mean, those first, those first few innings over there in India were anything but impressive. Now the injury, there was the elbow, there's the concussion. Um, I, if I was him, I'd just be going back to the shorter form, you know, have a bit of a farewell tour in the T20s, call it a day. Money's not an issue. It can't be enjoyable when your form mm. is is sort of sliding like that. And he's got a young family at home. Every time he's overseas traveling, it must be tough on them. I'd be, I'd be pulling up stumps. You think pulling up stumps, right? Okay. Mm. Well, what's the most likely scenario? Warner. Okay. There's three options. Warner gets picked again. Warner gets dropped, or Warner, as you say, makes his own call and Which says, is the best that's the three, it. right? What's going to happen? What's yeah. going to happen after coming home from um, from India? Uh, Sheffield Shield Cricket, uh, New South Wales against Queensland in Brisbane. Um, not not the, the best of days, not the worst of days. Uh, Blues lost wickets at regular intervals. They were 5 for 173 at T, uh, won the toss and elected to bowl. Did get through to nine for 311, thanks to Matthew Gilks, 94 off 160, and Chris Green, 52 off 69. So um, that was a great uh, effort down uh, the order there. Uh, Sydney King star Xavier Cooks dominated the awards last night, collecting three of the six-player awards on offer. Um, no surprise at that. The MVP, the Members Player of the Year, and the Players Player of the Year. Um, Cooks has revealed he's had multiple discussions with NBA scouts over the past couple of months. As much as Kings fans would hate to lose him, it would be also with their blessing, and you'd be following his progress in the NBA. What a what a superstar he's developed into. Mm. And you still haven't been the Kings game. Are you going to go one of the games, best of five, the potentially three games you can pick from, James? Something potentially, potentially mm. depends. Mm. You know, with this weather and everything, it, you know, it could throw a spinner in the works. Yes. And 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 away from sport, Ed Sheeran has been described as the most quote down to earth celebrity. After boarding a commercial Virgin Australia flight from Sydney to Ballina on Monday, Sheeran mm. shunned the traditional private jet route many musicians take while on tour, opting instead to travel with the masses, just with a little backpack on his back. And there's no business class in a flight to Ballina. No. You know, and you're a Port Macquarie boy, you'd know what it's like flying. If I've got that much coin, I'm flying private all around the mm. world. Sydney to Ballina, I reckon he would have mm. been going up to Byron Bay. Um, should have checked his backpack, I reckon. Stop. <laughs> there we go. Ryden's lawyers, come on down. Uh, Sue James Frankson. Um, okay, get on the phones. Motorola open line, one 1170 Text 0457-736-736. On a Wednesday, it is breakfast with Vossi and a man who just tosses 170K around the gym like it's, you know. Eh? What about those videos you've been posting, James? What's going on there? Yeah. What are you up to? What weight? What are we up to? My body weight? No, no, the weight you're throwing around, the tossing around, the big oh, It depends what I'm doing. I can throw around 200 on a good day. 200? Yep. 200, okay. There we go. No pain, no pain. Uh, it is 19 and a half minutes after six in New South Wales, 19 and a half after five in Queensland. We're broadcasting right across the SEN network, including our studios here in Sydney, 11.70 a.m. Morning, Jack. 
Yeah, g'day boys and welcome back, Fossey and James. Um, first time this year. Mate, you've bamboozled me with a couple of your comments, Fossey. Two for you and one for James. Mm, okay. <laughs> Firstly, um, passionate supporters, Canterbury to George, absolutely correct. But hey, what about the power of eels, mate? Yeah. We're just as big, if not bigger. You remember when we beat North Queensland? We carry on like pork chops after the game at our <laughs> league club. Jack, I'll and go we'll back again. I'm hearing you, bro. I'm hearing you, bro. Oh, no, let me finish. Let me finish. No, no, but I'm let saying, I did say a, a, there are fans as passionate, but not more passionate. Yeah. As we passionate. Are extremely, and still there when the chips are down, too. Uh, That's one question for you, Vikey. Yep. Two, you're talking about Mitchell Moses about, by the way, congratulations to the power. It was keeping their spine. Gutho, Pensini, Brown, uh, Moses, Gillard, and Paulo. Tremendous work, power, um, at the expense of Murata. Decore and Papaliti. Rude money. Anyway, um, Rude money. We're talking about, yeah, well, he's, he's very replaceable, mate. Um, <laughs> back to Mitchell Moses, 1.2. What do you actually expect Parra to do? Okay, you're saying that he's, mm. he's, he, you don't think he's really worth 1.2, 1.5 million or whatever the Tigers are offered him. So what, Parra offered him what? Low balling? What, 850? And he goes, and we're going to have to try to find and nurture a halfback for the next three, four years. I think Parramatta have nailed this perfectly. I don't believe he's actually signed for 1.2 million apparel. I think he's a little bit less even. I'm, 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 I'm nearly certain of that. Mm. Um, and back to you, James. No. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, <laughs> Paul, he's, I'm off the hook. I'll give it to him. Wait, 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 wait your top four halfbacks, Ben Hunt, two, Jerome Hughes, three. Yeah. Mate, I don't know. I think you need to stick to the pool, brother. <laughs> Firing oh, up, Jack. Well done, mate. He's a long run. Yeah, first, first call for the year. Mate, I yeah. like it. Oh, we might just send you to India. Um, you can have a crack on the third test. You're in good form, Jack. Go for it. Uh, thank you for the call, Jack. Very, uh, very entertaining. Uh, let's go to Bakes at Panania. Bakes is always good value too. Uh, wants to talk about the Bulldogs season. Uh, what's going to happen, Bakes? Hey, boys. How are we? Good. Uh, Miss Hall, I know it was only a trial, but it's obvious that Flanagan's not the answer at seven. I don't know who they signed, but... He's just not the answer. Yeah, it was a tough trial for Flanning. And the, the tough thing I find about um, that trial was where exactly do the Sharks sit? So if the Sharks hold their form from last year and they're a top two side, then it's not the worst loss in the world, right? If you're playing this one of the top two sides in, in the NRL. If, if the Sharks are not where they were last year and they're a top eight side, say, then it, then it was a pretty bad loss. But... The one takeaway I took from that is that the Cronulla are absolutely flying. I, I thought they were very impressive. The first 20 minutes, I thought, geez, the Bulldogs haven't played too badly here. Then you look up at the scoreboard and all of a sudden it was yeah. 30 to 6, I think. He tries off kicks as well. Yeah, but, like, but, but I think, happens. look, give Flanagan a little bit of time to start the season. Is he the answer? It's, it's hard to say. He looks a little bit out of his depth at times. Um, but is there a better option out there at the moment? Well, let me throw at you, Bakes. What would be, um, what would be a... A pass mark for Canterbury this year. Position on the ladder. What's a pass mark? Oh, just making the eight. Just make the eight. So you want them to make the eight. That's that's a pass mark. So a, a good a good competitive ninth, tenth, eleventh. Not good enough. Got to make the eight. Bakes. We'll see how they go. There's certainly a vibe there. But does the vibe convert to competition points? Mark at Cronulla on the Hello Moto uh, Motorola open line. Uh, wants to talk about value for money on halfbacks. G'day, Mark. 
today, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, Good morning. look, I think it also, the, the term we should all be saying is that value for money. Um, Hapongi, you know, good luck to him at Newcastle. He's, he's been paid very well for many years, but really, has he given Newcastle the value for money based on what someone like Nico Hines did for Cronulla mm. last year on probably half the money? Um, you know, you've had Mitchell Moses, you know, going good on them if they're offering the money and, and Ben Hunt gets a fortune at St George, but you know, Ben Hunt's been paid a million plus a year for how many years now? Well that's the, that's the, what people say, but the Dragons have got no better and um you know, our game's littered with halfbacks being paid a fortune, Milford and Ash Taylor and, you know, various other players and I think the weight of expectations and the press you know, the million-dollar player, I think that becomes a, a weight around their neck. And Ooh, fair observation. In some ways, they, in some ways they play, they play, um, play worse, but not only on halfbacks, guys. It's, 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 it's players across the, the game. What about um, the big forward at the Titans? Dave Fafita. What's his Dave, name? David Fafita. Fafita. Like, yeah, 1.2. Has he been anywhere near value for money? You would almost... You can say 100% no. Mm. You could almost say... They would have been better not signing him because they could have got yeah, two yeah. fringe or maybe you know early um, origin players yeah. for half the you price know, each. I'll, I'll say it's a really good call, uh, Mark. Some great points. Like you throw in someone like a Scott Sorensen, yeah, mm. grand final winner now at Penrith, oh, yeah. grand final try scorer. How much would you get him for? Penrith yeah. probably picked him up close to minimum. They might have gone for two hundred k. But I think that what's the movie with Brad Pitt, Moneyball? Moneyball. Like, uh, yeah, Moneyball. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there is a bit of that. Like if you play, if there you is. if you stick to those standards and consistent, and um, yeah, there's, there's something in that. But yes, you on, do, but on, sometimes if you're trying to break a rut, you have to overpay to get players on board to try and get some momentum and signings. And on Nico and value. Mm. That's got to be the best value signing of the past decade. They sign him and he goes straight in Dalian Player of the Year. That's mm. unreal. Mm. And rumours he was five six hundred a year. Yeah. That is, he's got to be the best value halfback on the yeah. on the market. Okay, now we go from some great calls to one of our great regulars. <laughs> no, no, don't laugh at that, Michael Carrianos. Um, Jay the Bookman with his joke of the day on a Wednesday. James Magnuson, you sit in judgment. Here we go. Yeah, I've been letting myself down a lot lately, guys. I've been making promises and not following through. It's time to be a changed man. I've made a promise to myself. I'm going to buy a Velcro wall, and I will still stick to this one. Okay. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, mate. A little stumble there at the finish, but that's all right. That's all right. Wednesday, James is all silent. All done. <laughs> Hammer comes down. Thank you. We've got Alan Collins from the SEN Cricket Commentary team coming up in the little break. He's gone back to England where he lives before he goes back to India. So he's doing a bit of a Pat Cummins. Uh, we'll catch up with Adam and uh, get his thoughts on, as I say, we're going to be talking about cricket every day until the third test starts. Thanks, Vanessa. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers, unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Brighton, Brighton's Lawyers. And a reminder about Brighton's Lawyers, your verdict, pick one NRL winner each week for the chance to win $2,500. Head to sensurvivor.com.au. Uh, Greenkeeping Rooster says on the text, Vossi and Missile, it's good to see that the breakfast show has turned into Bulldogs <laughs> Radio. Uh, meantime, we have also uh, from uh, James, good to hear James Magnuson on, a bit of a break from the Daily Panthers loving. So there you go. It's hard to please the, please the masses. Now, the cricket coverage on SEN. I said the other day, it's it really is some of the best radio you will ever hear. Um, look, I, I grew up listening to ABC Radio. Mate, it's now daylight between SEN and, and ABC. Sorry. 
Um, they still provide a service, but the SEN coverage is fantastic. Adam Collins is part of that. You know, Jared Waitley. And Adam Collins has gone back to England where he resides in between tests. And I, I, I'll, I'll say, first of all, Adam, welcome to the show and thank you for your, for your time while you're taking a bit of a break. How are you doing? Good to be with you. Yeah, um, I, I saw a window. We had a, um, a second baby six weeks ago, so um, heading over yeah. for the first two tests when uh, when uh, young Peggy was a month old was a snifter controversial. So I thought um, <sighs> best that I come home. And the fact yeah. that it was a three day test uh, gives me two more nights with the fam. And uh, in the circumstances, no complaints. And that's very kind. Your words about our coverage as well. That's um, I'll, I'll be magnanimous and say the ABC are doing a great job as well. Uh, yeah, but, um, that's right. They uh, still do a good team job. Team Australia over there with with the broadcast, but. Mm. Um, yeah, the fact that our coverage has been so well received, both at home and abroad as well. So many people downloading the app in India and other parts of the cricketing world, breaking all these records that we've been told about from management. It's really cool. So you are Adam, Mitch, Swepson, Pat Cummins, Collins. That's who we're speaking to. You've sort of tapped into all of them with the baby. The baby's there. You've gone back home, mid-tour. Um, <laughs> now, Adam, am I right? I'm pretty sure you were in the commentary chair and it was late on day two when, when Travis Ed was getting going. And I said, this is one of the, uh, yeah. I was listening. I said, this is the best insight I've ever heard because in commentary, co-commentator able to translate Hindi and say exactly what <laughs> the keeper was jabbering away, which was, uh, come on boys, we've got to, we've got to try something else now rather than it wasn't, you know, good ball or that, you know, I, I thought that was some of the greatest insight. You thought, Oh, hang on. They're a little worried here. That was an amazing moment in commentary. They were. Yeah, well, you're, and I loved it as well. The benefit of having um, speakers in our commentary team who have a number of languages who are from India by extraction. So I'm sure Brat Sundarace is well known to your audience and on your show a lot. Harsha Bogle, Ravi Shastri. They speak so many languages between them that if we have anyone on and they're chatting to each other, um, we're probably going to get a good translation. So that, you're right, was spot on because it was getting away from India. They, they'd um, had the chance to build a really imposing lead over Australia. Second new ball, they wiped the last three wickets out in about 20 deliveries, and suddenly Australia had a lead of one. It felt against the flow of play when Akshar and, and uh, Ashwin were batting so well together for the eighth wicket, putting on 114. So then for about an hour, as you say, the game completely changes with Travis Head, uh, and we're thinking, well, well, everyone was thinking um, that if he bats for a session on morning three, uh, if Travis Head's still there at lunch, uh, then Australia are probably off to the races. But as we know, um, 9 for 47, one of the most profound collapses that, uh, well, in modern Australian test history, really. There, there have been a few biggies, uh, but that's right there on the podium. <laughs> Adam, you spoke about that collapse, and then we've had uh, Pat Cummings, David Warner, Josh Hazelwood all coming home. I've been watching the, the rhetoric on social media, and the Australian public has turned on this, this team pretty quickly. Do you, do you think it's a bad look, these players coming home, regardless of the reasons, mid-test series? Oh, look, I think this was always the plan, James. So in the case of Cummins, it's a private matter. It's to do with his family's health. I mean, I think we should just be mindful of that. I reckon listeners should be really aware of the fact that Pat Cummins would not be coming home unless this was serious. So we should keep that in mind. Um, when it comes to Warner and Hazelwood, they're both not going to play. The etiquette normally is if, you, if your players aren't fit, and in Warner's case, a hairline fracture in his arm, concussed at the same time in that same spell on day one there. Um, he was obviously desperate to stay in the contest, but, but he couldn't. So that's why he's coming home. And Hazel was an interesting one. Uh, he, he's only played now three test matches in the last year and a bit. Um, he's missed a lot of cricket through a lot of badly timed injuries. Feel for him. Uh, he'll be gutted because when he's been fit, he's been exceptional. But 
um, yeah, unfortunately, this Achilles injury is a little bit more serious than they must have first thought when he picked it up in Bangalore in their training camp a couple of weeks ago. The other side of it is they have the flexibility to fly players out. So Mitch Stark joined them before the second test match, albeit not quite fit to play, or maybe he was fit to play. I mean, we, we haven't really got the definitive line on that from the Australian Brains Trust. I think if they desperately wanted the second seamer to play at Delhi, he might have been good to go, but he'll certainly be fit for the third test match. Same applies for Cameron Green, uh, and they'll have that extra option to fly players out if they wish to. Maybe an extra all-rounder, I reckon, as cover for Green. Maybe another specialist bat, uh, and I guess conceivably they might fly out another fast bowler if they think that they want to have cover in case Mitchell Stark um, you know, re-injures the, the tendon to his finger. All right, Adam, one other uh, subject we're talking about today, and this is a multiple choice. We'll give you multiple choice uh, late night there in, uh, in the UK. So multiple choice. Dave Warner, has he A, played his last test, B, will be picked again, or C, retires now on his own terms? A, B, or C? I What's think it's B but, with a, B, but with a nod to C. Like, Dave's smart enough to know that he's on his farewell lap. So, but <laughs> I used to work in politics, and, you know, there's, there's an idea of the perfect resignation time for a minister just before the scandal completely engulfs you so that you can go to the back bench and return to the front bench eventually. Um, Warner's missed his perfect resigning point. That probably would have been in the Australian summer. Now, not with a view to returning, but as far as, you know, the, for him, if he wanted to just manage it and, and get out of there, he, he could have done that after the double time. But that's not the way David Warner's built. David Warner's not thinking about, oh, look, can I have a, you know, a couple of extra um, fractions on the average when I finish because it's easier to leave now on home soil having made a double ton, which inflates the numbers. He's thinking, um, oh, India, what an opportunity to enjoy success there, uh, having played in Australian teams that have done poorly there. Well, certainly the 2013 side that did poorly and lost 4-0. And, and in 2017, he, he wasn't a heavy contributor when they lost 2-1. And he's thinking England, where he didn't do well at all. Far from it. He had a disastrous Ashes tour in 2019. His rationale surely is, well, again, for him... If he can return one more time to England and actually make it count this time for him, uh, what a great um, redemption arc that would be from a personal perspective. So I actually quite admire it that he's saying I'm not willing to um, I'm not willing to pull out uh, on the basis that I think it's all too hard. He wants to get up for the contest one more time. Now there's a separate question as to whether CA should have let him do that. CA and the powers that be have the authority to tell Warner when time's time, and, and they. Uh, you know, big enough and ugly enough to make their own decisions and they're closer to it than we could ever be. Um, and with a lot of experience, a lot of test cricket and, and all the other various component parts. So um, they've seen fit to let Warner go around one more time. He foreshadowed last summer that this was the last year of his test cricket career. He'll become a white ball cricketer only after that. So what, my, my little caveat there about B and C, I actually think what he might do is retire after the World Test Championship final. If they make it. If they make it. No if, if they make the it. Yeah, they, they probably will anyway, because mm. even if everything goes wrong in India, Sri Lanka would need to beat New Zealand 2-0 to, to knock them out. Mm. And I, I, I can't see that happening in reality. But mm. yeah, I wonder whether Warner might see that as the natural jumping off point, being the end of the World Test Championship cycle, a chance to play off in that one-off, you know, grand final style game at the Oval. And if they were successful there, 
um, sure, it would mean him not staying on for the Ashes. But, yeah, I think that might end up being the halfway house. Okay. Here. Walk off into the sunset. Uh, Adam, we've taken enough of your family time on this break, mate. Enjoy uh, enjoy the little one there and, and the family time at home. We can't wait for the coverage. You're a key part of it, of SEN's coverage of the third test. Cheers, guys. Looking forward to eventually getting back to indoor next week. That's it. Uh, Adam Collins from SEN Cricket. Uh, just on the text as we go to a break, the crack has been in touch, uh, James, on uh, Bulldogs Radio. Morning, guys. The dogs should be 8 to 10th. Eight Anything less is disappointing. That's from the crack on 0457. Agreed. Six. Agreed. Six. All right. Vossi and James Magnuson, Michelle Bishop, with a sports update for Anytime Fitness coming up in just a moment. Vossi and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 11.70am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.